Hey, this is Pastor Mark, and before we get into our message, I want to take a moment and let you know about a special season happening at Anchor Faith Church right now. It's our stretch season. This is our opportunity to look back on the year God has blessed us with, but also a time of anticipation for what is yet to come. We believe what God has called us to requires us to stretch our faith in ways we've never seen before. In fact, on December 8th, our church will be stretching our faith together in the area of finance by giving a one-time gift above and beyond our regular giving. These resources go directly to continuing to do what God has called us to do by igniting the city, impacting the nation, and influencing the world. I'm inviting you to participate with us by giving financially and stretching your faith. You can give online by visiting anchorfaithaboutaustin.com. Your gifts are greatly appreciated, and we believe your faith will be increased as you act in obedience. Thank you for partnering with this move of God, and we agree with you that your best is yet to come. Here in John chapter 5, I just want to read this out of the New Living Translation, starting with verse 1. This is where we want to jump into, where we want to be. The New Living Translation, it's on the screen behind you. It says this, Afterward, Jesus returned to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish holy days. Inside the city, near the Sheep Gate, was the pool of Bethesda with five covered porches. Crowds of sick people, blind, lame, or paralyzed, lay on the porches. One of the men lying there had been sick for 38 years. And when Jesus saw him and knew he had been ill for a long time, he asked him, would you like to get well? I can't, sir, the sick man said, for I have no one to put me into the pool when the water bubbles up. Someone else always gets there ahead of me. Jesus told him, stand up, pick up your mat and walk instantly. I believe God wants to do some things instantly in our lives, amen? Instantly, the man was healed. He rolled up his sleeping mat and began walking. But this miracle happened on the Sabbath, so the Jewish leaders objected. There's always gonna be people that wanna pick apart what's wrong, even when you have, even in the midst of the greatest miracles, the greatest things that you've seen, and here you are celebrating a miracle for 38 years, you've been believing for this, and there's somebody to, to rain on your parade, someone that wants to say, well, you didn't do it at the right time, or it's the wrong day, or that's not really how God does it. Look, God's just in the delivering business, and he's not trying to align with our plans and our ideas and our agendas. Uh, in fact, he wants you to throw out your plans and your agendas because he's got something even greater that you've never seen or experienced before. Amen? So sometimes God has to mess up our stuff to get his will accomplished. And I can't have his will and my will. One of them is going to have to lay down. One of them is going to get crucified. One of them is going to get shut down. And I'd rather lay down my stuff to get his stuff because what God can do for me, nobody else can do. If you want to bow to man's will, you get man's results. But if you bow to God's will, guess what you get? His results. And he can do exceedingly abundantly of all we can ask or think. You know, the last few weeks, we've looked at a lame man at a gate called Beautiful. We looked at Israelites that were slaves and the straw for making bricks was taken away. Last week, we looked at uh, 15 or 5,000, not including women and children, people on a hillside that didn't have any food. 
but all they had was five loaves and two fish. And this is what we're kind of addressing in this season. Every year is different. This is, I think, our fourth year doing our, our stretch series at the end of the year. And, and everyone's got a different theme. And this one, uh, I, I'm wanting to just address an approach and each week has just lined up perfectly. I didn't go in with this intention. I just allow the Lord to kind of lead and, and, and sense where uh, he's wanting to go. But what we focused on is that I'm never more aware of my limitations than when I try to stretch beyond them. And so most of the time when we're asked to stretch or most of the time when we are asked to get beyond a certain point, um, you might have heard of a term called a sticking point. You know, when you're working out uh, and you're bench pressing and you're getting down to the last of what you've got left in your capacity to do, there's a sticking point you reach where you cannot push past that. And that sticking point requires assistance. That sticking point requires determination. That sticking point requires perseverance. You don't get past sticking points with a casual attitude. You get past sticking points and get through sticking points with intentionality. It says, I'm going to get to the other side. But those always become more evident. Some of us, you know, haven't really been acquainted with our limitations recently because we haven't tried to push past them. Because what we typically do is we find a limitation, we find a boundary, and then we do our best to stay within it because it's uncomfortable trying to get beyond it. And so weaknesses, limitations, deficiency, depletion, uh, uh, disadvantages, disabilities, however you want to, uh, whatever term you want to give to it, I'm never more aware of them until they're challenged. You have to challenge limitation to get beyond limitation. You have to challenge uh, lack to get beyond lack. You have to address the problem at the correct level. You have to address the problem at the correct level. And here in John chapter five, we have this portico, this pool that has all these pillars and all these coverings and, and the, the, there is a grouping of people that uh, associate themselves with this pool. We learn that there's a great multitude of sick people. It says crowds of sick people, blind, lame, paralyzed, and the like. We're talking about people that have insufficiencies. We're talking about people that have a lack in a physical area. We're talking about uh, uh, something in their body isn't working correctly. And so they gather at this pool. They gather at this pool. And when the waters would bubble, when the waters would stir, uh, the, the, the idea was if you're able to get into the water in time, that the, uh, uh, you, whoever got in there first would be healed or be delivered from their ailment, from their sickness. And so now you got crowds of sick people. I mean, you know, that's not, that's, this is not a, a pool that you go beside to relax and enjoy. You're surrounded by sick, you're surrounded by people with disadvantages. And you know what's interesting is uh, when Jesus asked this man, you know, what's the problem? What's going on? He says this, somebody beats me in every time. You know, it's amazing when you are at a certain disadvantage that you'll look at other people with disadvantages, but you'll see their advantages. Well, at least he can get in before me. Now, it doesn't really tell us what his sickness or what his ailment or his condition is, but we do know this. He's unable to get in in a certain period of time. Uh, you know, most believe that he was lame. 
But it doesn't literally say that. It says that there's lame there, there's blind there, there's paralyzed there, but there's all kinds of sickness and it just says that he has a condition because God's not wanting you to focus on the condition. God wants you to focus on restoration. God wants to pull you out of your condition. But what we wanna do is we wanna highlight the condition because that's our ailment, that's my thing. And it becomes, your disability becomes your identity. And so we wanna align more with the condition rather than the restoration, rather than the deliverance from the disability. And so this man, well, yeah, he's blind, but at least he can get in before me. Well, yeah, he's leprous, but at least he's able to get in the water. And we do this because this is what happens. The, the, the most intimidating thing to do when you have a limitation, you have an insufficiency or a deficiency or a disability, the most intimidating thing to do is get around people that don't. And so now what happens is your environment, you begin to select your environment based on your condition. You begin to select the people you hang around. And if you're not careful, I mean, this is why uh, most people don't wanna go to the gym the first time. Because they might have to pump iron or be on a treadmill next to someone that's been going for 15 years. That's intimidating to show up in a place that I have no clue what I'm doing. I don't have the figure or the shape that you do because you've obviously become uh, more conditioned and you have uh, uh, done this for a while. And so that's evident, that's literally visibly evident. I mean, for me, sometimes I like to kill time and I like to watch gym fail videos because it's hilarious to watch people that have no clue what they're doing with gym equipment. The gym equipment that something that is there to help you can't harm you if you don't know how to use it. It's there to assist you, not break you. But some people, man, they do some hilarious stuff and you can find some really funny stuff. Just, you know, you got 10, 15 minutes, uh, you know, pull it up on YouTube. They're hilarious. You just might want to mute some of them. They're, they're not always that wholesome. But it's intimidating when you have a weakness to get around others that have a strength. You know, we talked in the first week about the, the, the man that was carried to the gate called Beautiful there in Acts chapter three. And Peter and John come not to carry him, but to challenge him, to pull him out of his limitation. And this is, this is the thing, is we can all find people that will carry us in our limitation. They will enable us in our limitation. And there are times where we need that. There are times where you need somebody to carry you. There's times where you need somebody to just be there by your side and say, man, we're gonna get through this. And we're, but you're going to, at some point, need to come in contact with somebody that can confront and challenge the limitation. But that's where the discomfort shows up. That's where it becomes uncomfortable. That's where it becomes inconvenient. And that's where you sometimes wanna retract back Sometimes you like a strength. Now, people that are weaker than us because then my weakness looks like a strength. Now I look better than them. And I'll tell you right now, if you allow your uh, condition to determine your environment, you will die there. You will die in your condition. You will die in your struggle. You will die in your limitation. You don't push past limitations surrounded by people that are just as limited as you. No, we need people that can challenge us. We need people that can come and say, we gotta get beyond this. We need people, and, and, and I remember I, I, I heard a, a pastor one time, he says, I make sure 
I am not the smartest one in the room. I make sure I'm not always the one teaching. I'm not always the one sharing. I'm not always, I know when to close my mouth and learn and listen because there are others. And yeah, it might be intimidating. And as you grow and as you develop and as you do begin to push past limitations, it becomes a little nice to be the one that everyone's looking to. But you've got to find yourself in places where you're in a room where you're just listening, you're just quiet and you're drawing on someone else's knowledge. But limitations don't get surpassed. Uh, we don't break down barriers and, and, and strongholds and, and get pushed past weaknesses by staying around those that are just as weak or even weaker than us. When you're surrounded, when you're a lame person surrounded by other lame people, surrounded by other blind people, surrounded by other sick people, he remained in this condition for 38 years. And we don't know how long he was at this pool, it doesn't state that, but apparently this was something that they kept trying and they kept offering themselves to and they kept doing as a practice. Well, missed that boat, must need to get on the next one. And you know, that's gotta be the sad thing too, is when someone does get their miracle, you can't even rejoice with them because you're still stuck in yours. That's gotta be sad. Oh, Jimmy finally got his. Hey, that's, that's exciting. And on the inside, you're thinking, Crazy idiot, I was there. I should have been in there before him. I've been here. He just got here yesterday and he already got his. I've been here for 38 years, right? You can't even rejoice with anybody because you're so stuck in your weakness, you can't rejoice when someone else gets theirs. That had to be a sad day. Be a sad day when they see somebody else get their miracle and leave and walk off and they're completely whole and the whole rest of the group is still stuck in their mess. No. It's not what God intends. It's not what God has. So we, have, we see that we have to guard our environment. We're afraid to stretch sometimes because that's when we become more aware of our weakness. So what we do is we resist the stretching. We, in, we resist the strengthening. We resist the very power that could change us. We resist the, the things that could help us because that's where it highlights where I'm weak. It highlights what my struggle is. It highlights my limitation. And this is the thing, is disability puts you at a disadvantage. Disability puts you at a disadvantage. And your disadvantage gets highlighted when you're around uh, uh, people that do not have the same limitations as you. So how do we handle these disadvantages? Well, the answer for most people is they grow comfortable with their disadvantage. They allow their disability to become their identity. If I'm not going to try to push past it, then I must just learn to be comfortable with it. And that's where most people settle. That's where most people stay. That's where most people stick. If I'm not gonna push past my limitation, then I'm just gonna have to learn to live with my limitation. I'm gonna learn how to be content and be grateful for what I do have, right? And although that's a great measure, that's not what God intends for us. God wants us to push past and exceed, not be happy with 
It's one thing to be grateful, you know, in seasons where there's lack, in seasons where, but at least I have this. At least I got breath in my lungs. But, you know, sometimes you got breath in your lungs, but you want money in the account, right? Hello? You, you, you've got what you need to have to exist, sure, but God wants to do more. God wants to do exceedingly abundantly. But most people, rather than pushing past, stay in, stay stuck within, and then stay surrounded by others with the disadvantage as well. There's no greater way to be advantage than by surrounding yourself with others that are just as disadvantaged. I mean, that's just the greatest answer. Now we get to sit in our disadvantage together. Now we get to stay within our limitations together. And it's always, you know, I will tell you this. Most of the time when you want to push past the limitation, you will have to do it alone. You'll have to do it alone. Because the status quo for most people is to stay where they're at. It's unconventional to push past the limitation. When we talk about uh, giving a stretch offering on December 8th, when we receive a stretch offering for our church, you know, again, most people automatically think, well, I can't stretch. My finances are stretched. But I, pr- I did the example the first Sunday. I asked everybody to stretch your hand as far as you could go, and you all did it. And then I said, okay, stretch a little farther. And everybody went a little more. There's always more stretch left. There's always more stretch in there. But the first thing we want to say is we speak to our limitation, uh, just like they did last week. The disciples, Philip said, well, where are we going to, Jesus asked, where are we going to buy food? Philip answered, how are we going to buy food? Jesus didn't ask where we're going to buy food, or he didn't ask how we're going to buy food. He asked where we're going to buy food. Then is uh, uh, Peter's brother Andrew shows up with the boy with the five loaves and two fish, right? We got five loaves and two fish, Jesus. But what good is this going to do? There's 5,000 plus people out here. It's the first thing we do. Well, sure, God, I, I have that in the count right now. But what's that going to do for this? That's the first thing we do is we speak to limitation. We speak to the, the, to the disadvantage because that's when it gets highlighted. And so we can easily say, well, you know, I'm gonna stay in my limitation. I'm comfortable. You know, we've learned how to live with disability. We, we discover how to live with disabilities. We know how to operate. We know where to go to get assistance. We know where to get resource. We know what we're capable of. We know what we're not capable of. We learn how to function in our limitation. We figure that out. That's not hard. We can dig downgrade this thing all day long. Take this away, I'll learn how to operate with this. Take that away, I'll learn how to do this. But then when God calls you out in the wilderness and you need water and all you have is rocks, what do you do? You don't learn how to get something from what you don't have. You learn how to live with what you don't have. You learn how to stay within your bounds, learn how to stay within your limitations. And so this man for 38 years learned how to live with a a deficiency, learned how to live a life disabled, lacking, and became comfortable with that. And so we sell ourselves short every time we yield to our weakness. We sell ourselves short when we yield to 
our weakness. We lower our expectations. We lower, uh, the expectation was what? If I can get in the water, I'll be healed. Sir, why aren't you healed yet? Why Do you want to be well? Why aren't you well yet? Sir, I can't. What's his expectation? I don't have anybody to push me in. What's his expectation? If I get in the water first, I'll be healed. What's his expectation? Somebody keeps getting in before me. His expectation is limited to getting in the water first when the waters move. That's his expectation. And so our expectation decreases when we yield to our weakness, we yield to our disadvantage. So he's waiting. He's waiting on a miracle. He's completely powerless in this scenario. He's completely powerless. His, his limitation has taken over. He's been in his weakness for so long that he has uh, uh, no power to change anything whatsoever. The power, and, and this is what we do. The blame game starts to show up. We become victimized. Well, nobody will push me in. Well, this guy beat me to it. Well, I keep missing the moment. And that's the worst. Like, at least give us a warning when the waters are gonna get stirred. Give us a warning. Give us a heads up with what's gonna happen in this scenario so I can get in there fast enough. But it's just a surprise attack. And you wait around and you wait around. You have no idea when it's coming and you're just relying solely on somebody else being able to help assist you with your miracle, some miraculous thing. And so he's lost sense of expectation. He's lost sense of what uh, could actually happen. He has lost all power to do anything about his situation. And this is what we have to understand. After years and years and moments and moments and opportunities and opportunities missed. And maybe uh, he was trying. In fact, uh, one passage reads that he responds to Jesus and he says, I'm trying. Look at your neighbor, say, I'm trying. Look at him, say, I'm trying. I'm trying to stay awake right now. I'm trying not to think about food. I'm trying to wait until Thanksgiving. I'm trying to make it through this year. I'm trying to have courage. I'm trying to have excitement. I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm trying. But here's what happens. When moment after moment and opportunity after opportunity passes you by, eventually the disappointment becomes greater than the disability. eventually my disappointment and the strength of my disappointment and the pain of my disappointment of trying and trying to come out and trying to get beyond and trying to push past. I hear you, Pastor Mark, but I've tried to push past my limitations. I've tried, I've tried, I've tried. And every time I get let down, the opportunity passes me by. The miracle is for somebody else. I don't get pushed in. I'm just one step away. It's right there, but I can't make it for 38 years. Jesus, I've tried. I've tried Jesus and every passing moment and every opportunity and every time the, the, the waters were stirred and he didn't make it in was another knock on his expectation. And we know disappointment is the result of unmet expectation. So this is what we have to address. This is what we have to address year after year. We have 
implemented our stretch season now four years in a row. And some have said, yes. Some have passed it by. Some have given it up. But some have said, I'll do it. And maybe you didn't get your answer. You didn't get your miracle. You didn't get your opportunity. It passed you by. You, 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 you did everything you knew to do. I'm stretching, Pastor Mark. I'm moving past, Pastor Mark. I hear what you're saying, Pastor Mark. It's stretch season, Pastor Mark. I understand, Pastor Mark. I'm trying, Pastor Mark. And that's where this else beats me. Somebody else does this. I don't get that. I've missed moment after moment. And now my disappointment is greater than my disability. I would rather live with my disability than yield myself to even greater disappointment. That was his issue. That was his issue because it it actually reads, if we can find the particular verse, when Jesus asks him, I believe it's in um, verse seven. Do we have verse seven? Uh, go to verse six. Jesus says, when Jesus saw him and knew, watch this, he had been ill for a long time. Jesus knew he had been what? Ill for a what? Long time. Jesus knew. Jesus discovered this guy's been here for 38 years. Jesus found out whether he knew by the spirit of God or whether he asked around, how long has this guy been here? You see this guy over here? Yeah, I think think this is his 38th year. I think he was just talking about the other day. 38 years I've been here, haven't seen a change. 38 years, haven't seen my miracle. 38 years, haven't, haven't, uh, he's missed opportunity after opportunity. Starting to feel bad for the guy, but man, if if that thing starts going, you know I'm getting in. I mean, I feel bad for him and everything, but maybe next year his year. This is my year. 38 years, and it says Jesus knew he had been sick for a long time. Now, here's the thing. You can address, you have to address the problem on the right level. You have to address the issue on the right level. You have to address the issue where you're not just addressing symptoms, you're addressing roots. Let me put it this way. You're not just addressing symptoms, You're addressing systems. Systems. There's a systematic thinking that's going on in this man's head by this point. He recognizes this man's been here a long time. 38 years this man's been here. So I can't just address his ailment. We've got to get even deeper than his ailment. We've got to get even deeper than his pain. We've got to get even deeper than the external condition. There's an internal condition that's broken inside this man. So look what Jesus says in verse six. Or uh, yeah, there in verse six. Would you like to get well? One translation says the New King James. I think there's other translations that read it this way. Do you want 
to get well? What a stupid question. And all the kids that are in this room right now are like, you just said stupid. That's why we have a class for them. They won't hear words like that. We keep it PG down there. I upgraded a little bit to get your attention. I see some eyes starting to get a little heavy, but I need you to stay with me. You do not ask a sick person, one that's been sick for 38 years, do you want to get well? But here was the issue that was at hand. And I see it all the time. I see it in broken marriages. I see it in people struggling with finances. I see it in people at their wit's end with their kids. When lack and limitation sets in, disappointment takes over. What disappointment does is disappointment crushes your desire. It crushes your want to. I've seen people be so oppressed and be so bound and be so locked up that they wouldn't even know what to do with freedom. They wouldn't know what to do if they didn't have the fight anymore. They wouldn't know what to do if their marriage, if their spouse treated them according to the word of God, they wouldn't even know how to respond to them. I've seen people in in cycles of addiction and then when the addiction broke, they found another cycle to run to because it wasn't the alcohol that was killing them, it was the addiction. They got addicted to the addiction. So he's asking a crazy question, but he's not just wanting to heal the man of his symptoms. He's wanting to relieve the man of his system. The systematic approach to which now after being uh, missing opportunities for 38 years, opportunity after opportunity after opportunity, I'm relying on people and they let me down. They're not helping me in. I'm, I'm broken in this and I'm broken in that and I can't see any way out. I don't even want to get free anymore. I'd rather just stay. Because every time I want to, I get let down once again. So now, his disappointment, the pain of disappointment, and the hurt of disappointment has greatly outweighed the pain and the hurt of his disability. I can live with my disability. I can't live with further disappointment. And we learn what we can live with. We learn with what we can live without. That's what lack teaches you. Lack will show you what really matters. Lack will show you what's really important. This is the thing we have to understand. To challenge the condition is to risk disappointment. To challenge the condition is to risk disappointment. 
So every time I get the urge up, all right, I'm going to do this. I'm stepping out in faith. I'm believing. All right, God, I got this. All right, I'm getting it up. You know, I just, I can't deal with another letdown. I can't deal with another heartache. I can't deal with, 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 with you know, loving my spouse according to the word of God and, and, and they respond, you know, uh, unbiblically. They, I, I, I just can't handle it. Just, just believing in my kids and then they let me down again. I, I, I just can't put, can't put any more effort there. I can't put any more interest there. I, I, but, but I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna work it up. I'm gonna get there, Jesus. I'm gonna believe you, Jesus. I'm gonna stretch, Jesus. I'm gonna extend my faith. And every time I extend my faith, I'm made vulnerable. Every time I extend my faith, I'm put in a place where it's full dependence on you. Every time I extend my reach to stretch out to you, to believe that you're gonna do, I'm put in a situation where it's gonna cost me something. I'm risking disappointment every time I confront the condition. Because you cannot challenge the system without risking the symptoms. And so we learn what we can live with. Do you want to be made well? Before Jesus could heal his disability, he had to first address his desires. He had to first get the man back into a place where he would want to again. Because he realized, if I can't get the man to want, I'll never get the man to walk. If I can't get the man to want to be set free, I'll never get him set free. If I can't get the man in his mind, we're talking about something you can't see. There's an ailment on the outside. There's a struggle that's external. Everybody can see my limitation. But now there's even greater weakness and even greater and even greater ailment taking place on the inside in his thinking, in his mind. You have to address the problem on the right level. Otherwise, you'll send Israelites, bring them out of Egypt, take them into a wilderness, and they will still grumble and moan and complain, and they will beg God to take you back into the disability that they just came out of. Well, at least when I was sick, I didn't have this. At least when we were in Egypt, we had three square meals a day. Never mind the beating. Never mind the, 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 the subjection that we were held to. Never mind the slavery. Never mind the breaking down in our minds. Never mind all that garbage. But at least we could eat food. At least we had something to drink. Because the devil will take care of you just enough for you to trust him. He sure will. He doesn't want to take you out. He just wants to keep you from taking him out. And he'll hold you at bay and give you just enough of a thought process to make you think you're doing something. Just enough of a thought process to make you think, man, I got it. Uh, we were doing okay there. I was doing much better when I didn't have this business. I was doing much better when I didn't go to church. I was doing much better when I didn't give my tithe and my offering. I was doing much better. And he'll make you think that slavery is better than freedom. Because freedom has a price. And see, Jesus is not a magician. 
And Jesus is not just going to pick this man up and pull him onto his feet and he's going to make him be healed. He has to want to be healed. You got to want it. Even the son of God and the great faith he had and the miracles he performed, he could not force anything on anybody. You want to be sick? You want to stay in your ailment? You want to stay in your disability? You want to live to your limitation? Fine, stay there. Do you want to be healed? Do you want to get well? He had to break his thinking before he could change his life. We have to renew our minds. If I want to be transformed in my living, if I want to be transformed in my life, if I want to see things change, things change externally, I've got to what? I've got to work on the inside, work on where we can't see. That's why we come to church is so that you can renew your mind. I know it reads and it says instantly he healed the man. But you realize he had to break down 38 years of I don't want to. 38 years of disappointment. 38 years of being let down. 38 years of putting your trust in something and it didn't work. And here comes a man that asked me such an absurd question. Do I want to be made well? Because if you don't address the want, if you don't address your desire, you'll never address the disability. And so he goes on, verse seven. He says, I can't, sir. The only time in the Bible Jesus is called sir. This man doesn't even know he's talking to Jesus. He has no idea. In fact, some scholars believe that there were individuals that would come by this pool and they would sell them magic potions. I mean, because you're already believing something as crazy as jumping into water and getting healed. If you're gonna buy that mess, I got something. And they would rob them and they would steal from them. So is Jesus just another one of those crazy individuals that wants to offer me something in return and my disappointment yet gets, takes down, uh, gets down another tick, goes down another level? He says, sir, I can't. I just explained this to the last guy. I don't have anybody to help get me in. Every time I try to get in, somebody beats me to it. And Jesus told him, stand up. Pick up your mat and walk. Instantly, the man was healed. He rolled up his sleeping mat and began walking. But this miracle happened on the Sabbath. So the Jewish leaders objected. This is what we have to understand. Then I'm closing. When we put faith in something, we're raising our expectation that I can get past my limitation. There's an answer, there's an opportunity, there's a moment, there's a chance, there's a miracle. And I'm raising my expectation. But this is the question. Which system are you believing in? Is your trust in a system or a person? Is your trust in a system or a series of things happening Okay, if I do this, then this will happen. 
but I can't do this because then this happens. It's all formulary. It's all, 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 all just based on perfect scenarios. This man's now coming into contact with a man, Jesus, that came to disrupt systems. You think he knew it was the Sabbath? You think Jesus had a calendar? You think Jesus had an idea of when the Sabbath was? It says that he came because it was the Sabbath. That was the very first verse. He came because it was a day on someone to prove to people, I came to break systems off of people. Broken systems that offer no hope. So he broke a system. I'm gonna do a miracle on the Sabbath. Nobody's ever done that before. You're gonna pick up and carry your mat on the Sabbath. You're not supposed to do that. I'm gonna disrupt all. You wanna pick up your mat? Are you sure you and freedom will cause you to disrupt some things? You wanna pick up your mat? Are you sure you wanna walk? Because people are about to challenge you and you think that it's all miracles and man, I can't wait to tell people what God did. But then you're gonna get challenged by people that are gonna point out what you're doing and how it's against the rules. Are you sure you want freedom? Are you sure you want to get up and walk? Are you sure you don't want to just stay here in your disability and just live to yourself? Because there's something coming on the other side of it. Systems. This man had his faith in a system. Aaron, if you would, go to verse 3. In the New Living there, verse 3. It says, crowds of sick people, blind, lame, or paralyzed, lay on the porches. We're talking about systems. Go to verse four. No, that's five. I need verse four. Verse four. It's in there. Technology. Right, you see, go to verse three, okay? Go, the next slide over should be verse four. Hold on, wait a minute. You're, you're in the new living, right? Okay, let, pull it up, you got the new King James? Okay, let's try the new King James. Go to verse three in the new King James. In these lay a great multitude of sick people, blind, lame, and paralyzed. Wait, waiting for the moving of the water. That wasn't in the the last one. Okay, do you have a verse four there? There it is, verse four. For an angel went down at a certain time into the pool and stirred up the water. Then whoever stepped in first after the stirring of the water, was made well of whatever disease he had. We're talking about systems. There's a reason why we could not find it, verse four, in the New Living. The New King James, when it was interpreted, when it was translated, left verse four in there, but verse four was not included in the original manuscript. The verse that we just read about an angel coming down and stirring the waters, they didn't put it in the original manuscript because they didn't believe it was true. 
In fact, they thought it was a myth. This pool, uh, the water would bubble up and there were uh, intermittent springs underneath it that would cause it to bubble up at certain times, but there was no angel. There was no angel that came down and stirred the waters. That was just the myth of that day and age. So these people had put their faith in a broken myth. It wasn't even reality. They put their faith in something that wasn't even true. Broken systems. A system that this man sat around for 38 years waiting on that wasn't even reality. So much so that it's not even included in the original writings of the Bible. I wonder if we're trying to put our faith in stuff, worship team, if you'd come, in stuff when God's trying to say, your faith needs to be in me. It's not the system that's gonna deliver you. It's not the formula that's gonna change you. And you can sit around waiting year after year for an opportunity. You can sit around waiting year after year for another miracle. You can sit around waiting for season after season, time after time, opportunity after opportunity. But God is saying, put your faith, put your trust in me. His expectation was, I don't have anybody to push me in. I don't have any way to get in the water if I could touch the water. But Jesus is saying, that's a broken system, man. That's not even reality. The system that's gonna heal you, the gift that's gonna change you is me. Are you seeing this today? Where have you put your hope? When that man responded and answered to Jesus, his response revealed his expectation. It revealed where he had put his trust. Man, if somebody could just get me in the water. I've waited and waited. I've tried. But all you're doing is trying stuff. Stop trying and start doing what God says. Where's your faith? Where's your trust? Where have you put it? Where have you left it? What have you placed it in? A system? A, a mythical system? Have you, got, have you given God your plan, your agenda, your formula, and say, all right, God, I'm gonna do this, and then you're gonna do this, and I'm gonna be this, and I'm gonna tell this? Or have you told God, God, whatever you need to do, Wherever my miracle's at, whatever I need to do, wherever I need to put my faith, wherever I need to put my trust, you show me, you reveal it to me, you tell me, and I'll do it, I'll obey, I'll pick up my mat, I don't care if it's Sunday, I'll pick up my mat, I don't care what anybody else says, I'll walk, I will do whatever you tell me to do. Stop putting your faith in broken systems. Stop putting your faith in people that are, are going to let you down. Stop putting your faith in stuff. God's not giving you actions to carry out just to fulfill in a religious activity. He's giving you stuff to do to put full trust and obedience in Him. That's why He says, give and it will be given unto you. Do the opposite action. It takes faith. Anybody can keep when they are in deficiency. Obey God and give when he says to give and watch him open up the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing on you. 
cannot contain. I don't know who in here today this is for. I don't know who's living in deficiency, living in disadvantage, living in disability, but now your disability has moved its way, yielded its way over to disappointment. Because you're telling God, I tried. You're telling God, I did. But it's not the trying and the doing. He said, believe in me. If we could all just stand up for a moment. I just feel the presence of God in this place right now. I feel that there's some people that you've experienced disappointment and you would rather not ever again experience disappointment and you've grown comfortable in your disadvantage and you've learned to live with your disability but God's calling you out he's calling you out on the waters he's calling you out of the boat of disappointment he's calling you out of the boat of your disability and he's saying step on my word step on act on if you tell me to come Jesus I'm coming step out on the waters disappointment sure you're gonna risk it it's right there waiting for you lurking for you but if you can hand over your full trust and your full expectation on him what could he do in your life today thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast today we trust you received a word from god if you enjoyed this teaching be sure to subscribe to our podcast in itunes By subscribing, you'll be sure to receive a new message every week as soon as they are made available. And if you'd like to learn more about Anchor Faith Church, you can stop by our website at anchorfaithbaldosta.com. There you'll find our locations and service times, ministries that are available for you and your family. You can even give financially in support of the ministry. Thank you again for listening, and we look forward to seeing you next time right here on the Anchor Faith Church podcast.